Well, good afternoon, Bob. Hey, Bill. How are you? It is August 28th, and this is the 38th episode of the Bob and Bill podcast. I can't believe it. We had a great summer. It was great to have people here on campus. Amazing. Uh, They social distanced. They wore their masks. They had daily temperature checks, and we were limited to 100 people. But and we it, ate outside. We ate outside. It was a really, really cool story. The uh, tent that we used for the takeout meals made it to the very last day, <laughs> the next to the last meal. They went, it went through the hurricane. It was fine. Yep. But it finally collapsed. Yep. God, was, God is so good. So we're happy to have David Harris with us again, and he's going to sing one of my favorite songs that was recorded by the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. Give a listen as David comes to sing, I bowed on my knees and cried holy. Of a city called glory, so bright and so fair. When I entered the gate, I cried, Holy.
What an amazing day that's going to be. Thanks, David and Robert, for sharing that wonderful song. Pastor Robert Rodriguez was with us again this summer. He is the senior pastor of Calvary Bible Church in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. He also serves on the board here at America's Keswick. He was sharing this summer from the book of 2 Peter chapter 1 based on our theme verses for the year. Let's give a watch as Pastor Rob continues his study in 2 Peter. Therefore, verse 10, because of all this, brothers and sisters, and I love that the Holy Spirit leads him to write brothers and sisters to confirm that he believes he's speaking to save people because he knows the struggle some of them are having to, to stay pure, to not fall into false doctrine, to, to not to take what people are saying that's not true about the word of God and being worried all the time and, and falling away. He says, brothers and sisters, make every effort, again, the work, right? To do what? Confirm your calling and election. So what, is, what does this mean? Does this mean that you and I on a daily basis should check in to make sure we're saved? Hey, maybe. I mean, maybe for you, if you're first starting out, maybe that's what it's going to feel like. But what this verse is actually saying is that as we're growing on a daily basis, it's not that we have to check in and get saved every day. It's that you and I are consistently looking at our walk and consistently growing in, in our faith that we feel that we are closer to Jesus today than we were yesterday because of what the Word of God says, not because of feelings and emotion, but because this Word says that I am a child of God. This Word says that I am victorious. This Word Word says that I can have a changed life and because I keep looking that confirms my call and that makes me assured of the fact 
that I've been elected as a child of God. It has nothing to do with checking your temperature. It has everything to do with recognizing who you are. Throughout, throughout this virus, I have been notorious in my household of checking my temperature like every hour. I feel flush. I feel sick. Oh my gosh, I had a little cough. And that feeling of, oh man, you know, my blood pressure seems a little bit high. What, what, what did Dr. Fauci just add to the list now of things that could possibly go? So I'm getting all worried and, and worked up. Imagine that on a spiritual level. You're like, every day, am I saved? Do I know? I don't know. Did I do enough today? Oh my goodness, I still have this sin in my life. And you never grow and you continue to think that you're not clean. The Bible says, stop going on your feelings and go on what the Word of God says. Did he save you? Are you more, are you closer to him today than you were yesterday? No, Pastor Rob, it's time to check in to make your calling and election sure. And he says, if you do these things, you'll never stumble and you'll receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you may say, well, Rob, that sounds a little bit fishy because I stumble all the time. And you know why? Because you and I are never going to be perfect in goodness. You and I are never going to be perfect in self-control. You and I are never going to be perfect in perseverance. You and I are not going to be perfect in knowledge. These things won't always be abounding just because we are wicked, filthy, rotten human beings. And so every time we stumble, it's a good time to check in and go, okay, where did I stumble? Go back and continue on your journey. The righteous man falls seven times. But man, he gets back up. So verse 12, he's going to change gears for a little bit. And I love what he says. So I'm going to remind you all these things. I'm going, to, I'm going to keep reminding you. Even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have, you know what the truth is, but I'm going to keep reminding you over and over. Do you ever get annoyed when somebody reminds you over and over of something? My mom texts me all the time for my siblings' birthdays and their anniversaries as if I don't have a calendar. Because, you know, she wants, she wants, my, my brothers and I, we have a close relationship. She wants it to stay that way. I think some, one of the, uh, some parents' um, uh, biggest desire is that after they're gone, their children continue to stay close to one another, right? And so, they, so mom and dad continue to give us a reminder, check in on your brother, especially during COVID. Check in on your brother, check in on how he's doing. My brother's a district manager for a grocery uh, food store chain. So check in, you know, see how everything's going. He's an essential worker, check in, all that stuff. Peter's doing this because he's going to talk about it. Why? Because according to him, God, Jesus told him, because remember, he's an apostle. He directly has a relationship with, with, with Jesus. He's saying, I, I, I think I'm going to die soon. So I'm setting up this now to remind you. I know you know these things, but I got to continue to remind you because I don't have a lot of time left. And he says, I want to remind you. I know, I know you know it. I know you do, but I'm going to continue to remind you. And I said, I, I think it's right. In verse 13, as long as I live in the tent of this body, he's, he's saying, listen, I may not be here because I, I know that soon I'll put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. So here's the passion that he has for them. Here's what he wants for them. 
And this is the third point. He wants to give them some reminders and he wants to give them some reassurances of things because he knows he's not going to be here much longer. He wants their memory to be refreshed. And so he goes, this, I love how he says in verse 15. So remember, he's used this phrase several times now, make every effort, right? So look at verse 15. And I, Peter, will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. So a good sign of maturity is after you get your mind off yourself, part of this progressive sanctification is you start to help others behind you to make sure that when you leave that they're set up to help the people behind them. And so he wants to reinforce these things. He wants to reassure them. He wants to remind them. He wants to under, so he, he wants to be able when he's going to die and he died for his faith that he knows that the people that he has reached, the people that he has ministered to will continue to go on. He's going to make every effort. And so then he brings up some history. And this is, this is a beautiful way to, to close out the chapter. For we didn't follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power. So remember, like I told you this morning, one of the things that they were facing was false teaching right? And false teaching from people called Gnostics who wanted to uh, delineate forever the difference between a spiritual life and a physical life. And so they tried to do the same thing with Jesus Christ as well. They tried to say, well, a few different sects of Gnosticism, one major sect was the fact that they basically said that Jesus really never came. And if he did, he didn't rise again bodily. It was all spiritual. And so to, to back up their claims, and so Peter said this, hey, we didn't come to you with all of the stuff they're trying to say. I mean, honestly, what they're trying to say, it may, they, what they would do is they would speak at this level higher than them. They would use intellect. They wanted, they wanted to be over the people's heads when they spoke. In order for them to go, man, that guy's smarter than me. I should probably listen. I'm a dummy in my faith. That guy must know what he's talking about because he sounds so smart. And so Peter says, hey, we didn't come to you like that. We didn't try to make the gospel harder for you to accept. We didn't add a bunch of things to the gospel. We didn't use words that you didn't know in order for you to think, you know what? I must get, in order to get closer to God, I have to sound smarter. We didn't use those things. We didn't come up with stories when we told you about the coming of Jesus Christ in power. But then he says this, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So Peter is at the end of his life and he recalls this incredible moment when him and a few other disciples, Jesus' inner circle, were standing on a mountain, on top of a mountain, and Jesus actually revealed himself in his glorified state. And the voice of heaven comes down and says, This is my son who I love, and in him I am well pleased. Not everybody saw that. And so Peter says this, Hey, I know they came to you with a bunch of stories, and because it sounds so smart, it may make sense, if that makes any sense. 
But he says, I didn't do that because I actually saw who Jesus is. I was there. And he received, and he describes what happened. He received honor and glory from God the Father. God the Father said, this is the one you're supposed to be looking at. And so in verse 18, he says, we ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on a sacred mountain. And I share this with you, and I believe the Holy Spirit has this written to tell you something. The knowledge of Jesus is really important. And I know we spend some time talking about the intellectual knowledge, the cerebral knowledge, getting in the Word of God and, and loving God with your mind. But the experience of having Jesus change your life by seeing him for who he really is in the word of God holds a lot of weight. Have you experienced Jesus that way? I'm not saying that you see him on a mountain because this is where it ties into a very other familiar passage of scripture. Peter would say, we, those of us in this room, Everyone from the first century that was reading his letter to us today and those that come after us, all of us have a more sure word of prophecy in this book than any sign, miracle, and wonder because the Bible is our final authority for faith and practice. This is the guy that saw Jesus on the mountain. He goes, that was awesome. This is the final word. So when you come and you go, God spoke to me, well, you better back it up with the book. I feel a certain way. I did this. You may have eaten, you may have eaten bad pizza the night before. Don't come to me and say, God spoke to me through a dream. He don't use dreams. He uses the word of God. And you may go, wow, that sounds kind of, look it up. Ain't nobody in this world can say they saw Jesus on a mountain. Peter did, and he says, don't look to the mountain, look to the book. And a lot of times we're going by our, we take the experience beyond what Jesus has done and the experience that happened because of the word of God changing us, and our faith is based on emotional feelings and not on principle feelings in the word of God. Don't trust your feelings trust what the word of god says so your experience is important but it's your experience based on the word of god and why is that important why is it important that peter says this because peter had a title called apostle and an apostle is someone very clearly Someone who was directly uh, taught to and spoken to by Jesus Christ. My friends, we don't have apostles anymore. We have the Word of God. And that's important for you to understand. Anyone who claims to have the title of apostle is directly out of line with the Word of God. We have a completed Bible for us. That tells us exactly what we should do. And take it, don't take my word for it, take it from Peter who says that more than that mount is the book. And then he talks about it in verse 19. We also have a prophetic message as something completely reliable. And you would do well to pay attention to it. 
as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. So here's what he's going about. To, here's what he's going to get into. He's going to say this. I want you to listen and I want you to accept what I'm writing not because of the experience I told you, because if I'm writing it down, this is what God wants you to hear. So again, it doesn't go back to the experience, it goes to the book. He wants, even in the first century, like we should be doing in 2020, to be looking at the book for answers. And above all, and this is why, and this is what we're going to close out with, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretations of things. So, uh, before the Bible was completed, okay, in a local church gathering, letters from Peter, letters from Paul, uh, they would, they would uh, be delivered to the church. And sometimes the, the letter would get passed on to other churches. Somebody would scribe and write it down. But whenever the church received the letter, the, the elder or the pastor, uh, Revelation calls him the angel, they, they get up and they read what the, what, what the letter says. And what would happen sometimes would be this. They would say, hey, we got a letter from the Apostle Paul. And all of a sudden somebody would get up and they would start prophesying. And then they would read the letter from the Apostle Paul and it would say exactly what that guy said. And that's how it was confirmed that this was coming from God. The reasons for signs and wonders and gifts weren't to make people feel more special. It doesn't make you more spiritual. The reason why there were signs, wonders, and gifts is to clarify and confirm that what they had was the Word of God. And once we have the whole Word of God, we don't need signs, wonders, and gifts because we have the Word of God. And so because of that, he goes, there were these false teachers. They would try to get up and go, ooh, I have something to say. And they would say something that uh, contradicted what the apostle Paul would say or, or what Peter would say or a letter that would come that was going to be a part of Scripture. They would say, no, 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 I, I think God is telling me this. And it was in direct contrast to what the Word of God was saying. And so he's saying, listen, no prophecy, and he, and he makes sure, of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. It would be dishonest to get up and go, I think God is telling me to tell you this. Back then, prophecy, they would just get up and they would say it because they were being controlled by the Spirit of God. And so he said, that's not how it comes. And then he goes on to say this, for prophecy never had its origin in human will. But prophets, even though they were human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is how we got the Word of God. God would move men, though they're human. He would use their personality. He would use their intellect. He would even use the way that they normally spoke and wrote. And they would write down exactly what God would have them write down. And it's only these 66 books that have passed the test of time. And we can be sure that every jot, every tittle, every line, every word in this book is for us. And so he says, when someone gets up and they say, well, I think this, well, I believe the interpretation is this, he goes, I don't care about your interpretation, I'm going to the book. But before you look at your neighbor and go, see, I don't have to listen to you, no scripture was given for your interpretation. God wants me to do this. I know the word says this, but 
Well, that's a dangerous line, my friend. I know that I've, you know, I've read this before, but I'm sure somewhere it says, that's not good. If you're growing in godliness, if you're growing in goodness, if you're growing in knowledge, if you're growing in self-control, if you're growing in perseverance, if you're growing in love, if you are growing in these things in a consistent, progressive, and deeper way, you will not go for your own interpretation. You will go with what the Word of God says. And so for us to have light in dark places... We have to have real light. Not fake light. Not something that emulates light. We need light. And remember, light isn't just less dark. Light is light. God bless you, my friends. Well, I can't believe it's Friday and we're going into the weekend and the next thing on our calendar is Young at Heart. It's hard to believe. And that starts on Sunday night, 7 o'clock. Who's our speaker? It is um, Pastor Bob Reed from Lancaster. He's a professor at Lancaster Bible College. Yep, he's from Lancaster Bible College, a great Bible teacher and communicator. So I trust that you will watch throughout the week. Uh, in the evenings at 7 o'clock, right up through the end of the week, and then in the mornings at 9.30, Monday through Thursday. And we'll have more to say about what's coming up next week as we get into the podcast. But we want to thank you for joining us this week. Uh, just a reminder that America's Keswick does depend on friends like you to support the ministry with your gifts and with your prayers. You can give a gift by calling 1-800-453-7942. Or you can go right on our website, www.americaskeswick.org, and on the website, click the Donate Now button. Just remember that your first responsibility is to your local church. But if God has blessed you, please help us to continue this ministry in the days ahead. Now until next week, I'm Bill. And I'm Bob. God bless. <laughs>